It's called the Xbox One X. It costs $500 and it'll arrive on November 7th. How's it going, everybody? This is Colin Tanner from VideoGamesOrDumb.com for our second day of E3 2017 coverage. And we're here to talk all about perhaps the most important press conference of the entire event, the Xbox 2017 briefing. And man, oh man, Microsoft did not disappoint. World reveal after world reveal. New trailer after new trailer. Tons of announcements. They even had a car on stage. And we're going to break it down minute by minute, starting with the beginning all the way to the end with, you know, me commentating on every little thing that happened, for better or worse. So, let's start off with the very beginning of the press conference. They actually had a count up instead of a countdown. It started with the original Xbox way back in 2001. They showed Halo Combat Evolved. They showed uh, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. And right next to that, they showed an old school CRT television that said 480i, showing the aspect ratio of the original Xbox. They then moved on to the Xbox 360. We saw Gears of War. We saw Fallout. And the TV transformed, showing 720p. They then went on to the Xbox One, and we're showing off more modern games, but it said 1080p, which is... Uh, a debatable statement because, of course, a lot of, uh, you know, Xbox One games run at 900p or 720p. But regardless, finally, they're going all the way up. You think it's going to show you the Scorpio, but instead it cuts to a CG trailer. Pieces of metal forming together. Green light emitting from that metal. And before you know it, they're forming a chip. The Xbox Scorpio chip, which is now going to be called the Xbox One X. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And then it begins forming characters out of graphics. And then there's this one woman standing in the center of all of this chaos. And she's holding the Xbox One controller that basically confirms that, yes, they are sticking with the standard Xbox One uh, control pad. They will not be introducing an elite controller into this bundle. It is coming with the same controller that you had back in 2013, albeit with uh, the added headphone jack from the 2014 uh, revision. And that was it. That's how they started off. Phil Spencer took the stage. Everyone's going nuts. They want to hear all about the Scorpio. And uh, he just, you know, he kicks her right off the bat. He, he just says that this is the most powerful console that they've ever produced. It is the most powerful console ever made. He mentions that it is going to be 4K for every single title. Uh, he says it empowers developers. It delights gamers and delivers a true technical and hardware innovation. They said they've lived by that mantra the entire time they've had um, the Xbox brand. And yes, it is coming November 7th, and it is now known as the Xbox X. X, as in Xbox One X. You with me so far? Right off the bat, I do want to just talk about the name. I don't like it. <laughs> I just want to be honest with you. Here's the thing about the Xbox One X. I am trying my very best to enunciate that word X. I want to make sure that you understand that's X because if I say it slightly wrong, like if I said X, it might sound like I'm saying the Xbox One S, not the X. Come holiday season, I think that's going to be pretty confusing for the average parent to go into a shop and be like, oh, I need the Xbox One S. You need the S or the X? Uh, I don't know. The Xbox. I, I can already see this being a huge problem for them. I don't think it's a very creative name. I think they made a huge mistake. This should have stuck with Scorpio. That's just my, my opinion on the whole thing. It should have been Xbox Scorpio. But of course, that would have been confusing because they have the Xbox One S. You see what I mean here? This was baffling. But regardless, that's what it's going to be called. It's going to be the Xbox One X. It's going to be $500, which price point wise, I think is pretty good uh, because they already talk about exactly what's under the hood. It's 1.72 gigahertz, 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM, which they've already said nine gigabytes is going to be accessible by developers, uh, which is a crazy amount for a console. Uh, 326 
uh, gigabytes per second of bandwidth, true 4K, true 4K textures, eight million pixels. They really wanted to hammer home that we're not we're not doing anything gimmicky here. This is really 4K. They mentioned HDR. They mentioned that they're going to have the 4K Blu-ray player, which made the Xbox One S so popular. You see that? I'm already doing it. S instead of X. You see what I'm saying here? Um, then they touch on compatibility, talking about how this console will support all of the Xbox One games. They will be better with uh, this console, because even if they don't really take advantage of the power of the system, they will still have things like faster loading times. And every game that's in 4K will still look great on a 1080p television because they're going to do something called super sampling. Now, they already do this on the PlayStation 4 Pro, and you yourself can do this on your PC if it's uh, beefy enough. You take a 4K image and you basically super sample it. You down sample it down to a 1080p uh, television. And yes, it actually does look better. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, you can see this in Horizon Zero Dawn and For Honor on the PlayStation 4 Pro. So if you get a chance, take a look at that. They always look far and away better than the standard uh, 1080p resolution. Uh, they talk about craftsmanship. They talk about how they have 7 billion transistors in the Xbox One X. It will have a liquid, cool vapor chamber to reduce heat, which is probably a good call because they have a history of consoles overheating. <laughs> if you ever owned a 360, you know what the red ring of death is. You definitely know that. They say it has a brand new power management system called the Hovis method. They actually had an engineer at Xbox that designed this method for power management to make sure that you were always uh, optimized. And they named it after him. His name is Hovis. So I named it after after him. Uh, and surprisingly, perhaps the most surprising bit of news is that the Xbox One X is the smallest Xbox ever. How that works, I don't know. Do they have any sort of qualifiers to that statement? Is it really smaller than the, the Xbox One S? Is that possible? I, I guess so. I mean, that's a pretty slim system to begin with, so mm, whatever. <laughs> so this is where they start kicking off with tons upon tons of trailers. But actually, before we get to the trailers, let's just talk about it. The Xbox One X, I don't like the name. The price point, yeah, I think it makes sense. They've, they, you list all of that information right there, 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM, and, and basically having a, a system that's uh, akin to some of the latest uh, AMD graphics cards. You know, that's, uh, that's nearing $300 already, and you talk about the convenience of a console, Combined with this power, I would have liked to see $399. I understand that that was going to be slim to none. $499, it's an acceptable amount, uh, especially when people are, you know, I, I feel like that sticker shock is worn off. And people say, oh, what are they thinking? The original Xbox One, that was $500. That was a huge mistake. And I feel like that was more about perception than it was uh, reality um, because you have to remember the original Xbox One came with Kinect, which was this big, bulky camera accessory that really not many people wanted. And so when they saw that $500 price tag, they immediately were just trying to figure out how much of that price was coming from the Kinect. This time around, they are selling you on those features. They are saying, we have this many transistors, we have uh, this much bandwidth, which to the wider audience means nothing, but they just see lots of high numbers and then they see gorgeous graphics and they see that price tag. And in a way, the price tag, and I know this is going to sound like, you know, uh, you know, last stage capitalism, but it reinforces just how capable this system is and just what a technological leap it's going to be. Uh, how Sony reacts to this? Well, I guess we'll have to see when they, they have their press conference tomorrow, but so far... I think they do have a strong advantage because they can say this is the most powerful console. And even though in previous generations, you go all the way back to, you know, the Atari 2600 uh, versus the ColecoVision, the Atari was the weaker system 
but it still won. And then you look at the NES versus more powerful 8-bit systems, it still won. You look at the Sega Genesis versus the Super Nintendo. Uh, obviously, Super Nintendo was more powerful, but the Genesis still technically won. Uh, PlayStation, not as powerful as Nintendo 64. PlayStation 1. PlayStation 2, not as powerful as GameCube or uh, the original Xbox. PlayStation 2 still won. Uh, the 360, you know, or I guess you could just say the Wii. The Wii took the whole generation. Easily the weakest console. But now we're starting to see something different. We're starting to see an audience that's more technically aware. They understand that more stuff means more quality. I mean, that's really the the most narrow way to break it down. But that is what they see when they see these, you know, these numbers. And I really believe that power has never mattered more to the consumer. They're more aware of it. And for them, if they have to break it down between getting a PlayStation 4 Pro for $399 or an Xbox One, uh, X, I'm still getting used to that, uh, at, at, at $4.99, and they ask the guy behind the counter, I'm sure the dude behind the counter is going to tell them or be able to tell them every bit of graphical detail about the Xbox One X. You might be saying, why? Why would this random clerk know all this stuff? That's because that's their whole marketing uh, campaign right now. They are telling you exactly how many transistors, how much RAM, uh, how much the bandwidth is. It, it's absurd, but because they double that down, that's a message that Sony really can't retaliate against. Sony's going to have to focus on the games. And that's where it becomes a bit of a problem for them. Uh, I mean, not really a problem. Far and away, the PlayStation 4 is outselling, you know, the Xbox One. But this conference, compared to whatever Sony has, Sony needs to bring its A game because we got a ton of reveals. I mean, trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer. Like, my hands were tired halfway through. I couldn't believe it. I actually said, holy shit, are you serious? You're putting up another trailer because they had so many different games to show off. Now, I'll say this right off the bat. None of them stood out. None of them were that game that I absolutely need to get an Xbox four because a lot of them were third parties that are also going to be on playstation but it was just the the amount of them that was so impressive and uh they started off by showing for forza motorsport 7 and um of course this was running on scorpio uh the game will be out in october october 3rd but you know the the trailer was done in oh, jesus i said scorpio again the xbox one X, uh, but the trailer was done to show off the 4K capabilities. It will be running at 60 frames per second, but really just the graphical fidelity of this system was remarkable because the first stage took place in a desert and it was these rocky cliff sides and it was at sunset and every single crevice had its own unique shadow. It, it was reacting to the light in a very specific way. And I understand that, you know, uh, mountains are, are kind of simplistic you know in many ways uh compared to something like a modern city or even a tree if you're rendering a tree in a game you have to show uh you know the translucent uh leaves and things like that nevertheless this was really stunning just to see that light in action and then cutting over to you know a, a racetrack during a rainstorm and just seeing how individual puddles were randomly forming it was amazing now this isn't the first time they brought up a lot of these uh graphical tweaks but you could see a sizable difference between this Forza and the Forza of the past. That is, if you keep up with Forza, which I do, you know, and uh, it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. Um, but yes, it just looked like more Forza. If you weren't into that franchise, I doubt this is going to do it for you, even though the graphics are really, really pretty. But this is one of the weirdest things that probably is going to happen the entire press conference or the entire uh, E3 uh, the guy was on stage, his name is Dan Greenwalt, and he's talking all about Forza, and then he says that they want to show off 
a brand new car. And, and they do. They show off the 2018 uh, 911 GT2 RS by Porsche. So they have another car on stage. They didn't lower it from the ceiling this time. They rotated part of the stage. And they're like, yep, this is a car. And you're going to be able to see it all weekend. And it was just a weird moment where it's like, it's been two minutes. Are we really going to keep talking about this car? We're here talking about video games. And he's like, yeah, but check it out. Here's what it looks like inside the game. And it's like, well, that's still cool. But, you know, do we really need to talk about this car? They actually had two professional drivers, uh, Shannon McIntosh and uh, Verne Meyer were on stage. They're two professional drivers and they were just showing like how they're going to play Forza. It was cool. You know, I mean, it just really doubling down on the fact that, yes, this is 4K. Yes, this is 60 frames per second. I don't think I can really stress how good this looks. I don't think I can really stress how awesome it was to watch the rain slowly go away and watching a sunset come in. And yes, this is a very controlled environment, but I don't think they could necessarily fake that because it was it was gameplay. I, don't, I mean, obviously, they're not going to show CG because that would be kill zone two magnitudes of, of bad PR. Uh, Phil, stay, Phil <laughs> Spencer is back on stage. And he says that they have the most diverse lineup they've ever had on any Xbox stage. He also promises that they're going to have big games. They're going to have small games. But many, many, many of these titles are going to push the boundary of the art form. And then, in fact, they have 42 games to show off today and 22 console exclusives. Did they show off all 42? I believe they did, which is kind of insane. And, of course, he mentions that all of them will run best on the Xbox One X. Uh, Up next, we got a trailer for... Metro 2033. Mm, I don't actually remember what they called this Exodus Metro 2033 Exodus. If you haven't played these games before, uh, they are on the PC and the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 4. They did like an HD remaster of Last Light and 2033. Uh, It's a first person shooter. They showed off. I mean, the graphics in this once again cannot be understated it was gorgeous and they said that this was i believe they said this was running in real time which if true it it was just gorgeous like the in case you don't know this takes place kind of like in a fallout type universe where everything has been nuked essentially and uh everyone has to wear gas masks and they have to wear special gloves and they have to collect ammunition and just like the fabric of the glove the way that the snow looked on the ground the way this darkened cave was dimly illuminated from the uh the person's flashlight i mean they were walking around they were collecting ammunition and then some beast tried to attack them and then a gang of beasts tried to attack him he escapes to the outside and he looks at a town that's covered in snow but it's also uh autumn you can see that the leaves are slightly changing and that the sun is going through those leaves this was really a conference if i can stop for a moment that was about nature if it was in 3D, it generally liked to focus on natural environments, and they all looked incredible. I cannot stress this enough, really. Um, so the dude hangs out. He takes out his periscope. He's looking around at uh, everything that's around the, the you know this small town. He climbs down, or I guess I should say he slides down, uh, and... You know, he encounters some wolves, then a gigantic monster, and he shoots the monster with a grenade that makes it slide off a cliff. He jumps onto a rope and then swings across the gap and lands on top of a train with a friend of his. Uh, And that was basically the entire trailer. It was just another graphical showpiece. Like every second they were showing you a technical trick. Like at one point he walked into a part of the cave and there was um, spider web. And so he lit his lighter and burned the web. And just watching that light up, just like the, the amount of color inside of that fire... And just the fidelity of it all. I keep saying fidelity, but I cannot stress how good everything looked on their stage. Everything looked incredible. Uh, But of course, that was Metro uh, Exodus. So they move on to the next game, which of course is Captured All in 4K. 
It's ancient Egypt, and the narrator says they are the first to see the gods, the first to tame the beasts, and the first to find, or the first to guard the souls of um, the dead from evil. That's right, it is Assassin's Creed Origins, and it's all about the origins of the Brotherhood known as the Assassins. Uh, We get a little bit of, you know, world building here. We see that there's going to be hippos inside of uh, Assassin's Creed. We see there's going to be crocodiles. People are going to be fighting with spears. There's actually going to be Colosseum fights, Uh, even a giant snake at one point. I'm not sure how that snake fits into the Assassin's Creed universe. I believe that series is mostly realistic. It just has mostly sci-fi elements, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jean Gustan who is uh, apparently one of the people from Ubisoft, he gets on stage to talk about it, and he says that the protagonist's name is Bayek. He essentially is an Egyptian sheriff, but he's the last Egyptian sheriff, and he's dealing with a lot of corruption going on in Egypt, so you can kind of see the rationale behind why he's forming the assassin, uh, the assassins, the Brotherhood of Assassins, to sort of um, replace what you know, where he came from. Uh, they said that they've added a ton of new mechanics, including RPG systems. So they cut to a gameplay video uh, and it involves basically a assassin by infiltrating a temple and killing somebody. But there were a few notable differences that seem to be mostly borrowed from the Far Cry franchise. Uh, like at one point he makes his eagle fly into the air and he basically functions as a drone. He's scouting out. You actually control the eagle or was it a hawk? I don't know. And you actually scout out individual soldiers and figure out where they are. Uh, there's a point where he actually, you know, jumps off of uh, a building and then in slow motion gives somebody a headshot. He actually finds a brand new bow that's better than his old bow. So he upgrades right there. So you're seeing the upgrade system somewhat. Uh, he levels up at one point, though that's not exactly original because that's been in a few Assassin's Creed games at this point. Uh, he actually encounters enemies that are too strong, so he avoids them. Once again, that was in Assassin's Creed Syndicate and other Assassin's Creed games. So not exactly that original. But all in all, it just seemed to be a more modern take on stealth uh, because that's kind of the problem with uh, Assassin's Creed is that you couldn't really scout out the areas without going into that detective Batman vision. You know what I'm talking about, where you you can see people through walls and then you look at them for a second and you tag them. And that's all well and good. But this seemed to really try to keep people focused in the game itself. Uh, and at one point, I'm not sure if this is going to be in the game or if it was just trying to be cinematic. He did cut to a first person mode while shooting an arrow to take out his target. Oh, and this uh, protagonist has a shield. So this is a lot about um, parrying attacks as opposed to just blocking and stabbing. Once again, that's not exactly new to the franchise. I mean, I'm intrigued to see where they go, but is this a complete and utter reinvention of Assassin's Creed? No, but it seems that it has some interesting tweaks, and I really like the idea of going to ancient Egypt, uh, you know, and it looked fast. I'll say that much. The climbing itself looked speedy, uh, so that'll be arriving on October 27th uh, this fall, 2017. So we're back on stage, and Phil wants to talk about communities and he says one of the biggest communities is going to be coming to the Xbox One, and he announces Player Unknown Battlegrounds is coming to the Xbox, and Brandon Green, the creator of uh, Unknown Battlegrounds, is on stage. And he's actually really calm about the whole thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy that made you know, that game that everyone's heard about. In case you have not heard uh, about uh, Unknown Battlegrounds, <laughs> unknown. Uh, basically, it is a 100-person deathmatch where you arrive... And it, you know, basically kind of like a war-torn city. You collect weapons, you can get inside of vehicles, and you're just trying to be the last team to survive. And teams are randomized. And it's it's kind of a little bit like uh, SOCOM, 
but you know after the apocalypse even though it's not like a post-apocalyptic world it's just that I mean, it really does feel like online paintball. You know, I've watched enough videos of it. I have not played it myself, but this apparently is going to be a console exclusive. Now, I understand if you've never heard of this game and you're already like, that sounds dumb. Trust me, this is going to be big. If you thought, you know, Project Ark was actually a pretty big game on the Xbox One, that's what you're kind of getting here. This is that that sort of early in development PC game that is coming to Xbox and will probably shake up everything. Uh, now, to be sure, they are not going to be connecting the PC and the Xbox communities because one has mouse and keyboard and the other does not. Uh, so that would be a, a little stupid. Anyway, uh, and also, I would just recommend just looking up this trailer because it, it was actually pretty good. It was actually not bad. So they go into the next trailer. We see a rural home with a truck and a trailer, a small town with local shops, but no one is around. We see a swimming, swimming pool drained, body bags everywhere, and then zombies appear. We have a group of men running through fenced-off parts of town, avoiding over a hundred zombies, shooting them, throwing Molotov cocktails. They spot a truck, so they get inside the truck, they skip town, and notice a woman is macheting a group of zombies. So they stop, they pick her up, and they take her back to the base. All the while, there's a narrator that's talking about, like, oh, sacrifice, and what we do, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so when they get back to the town, they discover that she's been bitten so they uh give her some medicine rather than shooting her even though it's the last of their medicine and now we see exploding zombies blood spitting zombies zombies that crawl on the ground uh fast zombies being run over by a truck and then we see a giant fat zombie who runs up and tears this guy in half and suddenly our narrator goes quiet instead being replaced by the woman that was just there you know that he rescued she becomes the new narrator and she actually kills the zombie stay of decay Part two, spring of 2018, really an effective trailer because it showed off, um, in case you didn't play the original State of Decay, it was a really interesting open world zombie game that unfortunately just seemed rather technically and, and mechanically limited. This showed off a few interesting systems. We're going to have more diversity in zombies. Um, when the woman's fighting the fat zombie, she actually, she actually was behind them behind the zombie, jumped on its back, and stabbed it. So it's like, okay, we're going to start to see more uh, strategic approaches to these uh, encounters, which is cool. So next trailer, and we're, I'm going to be saying that a lot. There were just a ton of trailers here. It's Scavenger Studios, and you just see a pair of hands that's trying to get warm at a fire, but there's a voice in the background, and uh, he turns around and, and tries to figure out where that voice came from. He actually removes an axe from a dead body, and he's trying to find the source of that voice, and suddenly... Before you know it, a man with a bow and arrow appears and uh, the dude with the axe takes him out. But then out of nowhere, another arrow appears and kills him. And then before you know it, we're back on stage and there's this sort of like esports announcer that's just like, here we are, we're playing the game. This is the game that we're all playing and everybody go over here. And the game is apparently called the Darwin Project. This was a disaster, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, because it went from a trailer to a stage show to try and be something about esports. You're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. It's like a third person shooter with bows, arrows, and melee weapons, as well as like superpowers, like going invisible. And the goal is to be like the last person that survives in this multiplayer third person shooter. But just like really trying to push that esports appeal right off the bat is just like. No, man, that's not how it works. I don't know of any game that has ever been announced to be an esports game that lived on as an esports game. Rocket League did not start off as an esports game. Uh, Dota 2, I mean, there were tournaments, but I feel like they, they were just trying to get people to play their goddamn game. When you look at the biggest esports, they are not presented as such. So I don't know. This basically looks like a DreamWorks animation third person shooter. It looks okay, but just like it was just so jarring going from one part to the other. It, mm. 
Not good. Uh, they have a brand new trailer to talk about uh, Minecraft because Minecraft is getting a bunch of updates. And at one point, they actually show a Nintendo Switch to talk about crossplay because, of course, all of the consoles on VR, mobile, uh, and uh, consoles are going to merge together and have one universe. In fact, players are going to be able to make their own uh, skins and textures. They'll be put directly into the game. And in fact, Minecraft is going 4K this fall in a free update. And they're also introducing a brand new change to the graphics. They showed a trailer. The graphics didn't look exactly all that different. If I had to guess what they did, it was adding some sort of uh, volumetric lighting. Uh, there's now reflections uh, in the water. It looked it looked good. You know, it did. It really did. But the problem is that it also created a lot of shadows. And I'm worried that that might kind of make the game seem too moody in some ways. Like everything else was identical. It was still a blocky, blocky world with blocky characters with flat faces. But they added this element of like volumetric lighting, like the way that uh, shadows were created. And... Um, no, no, it, it, it looked okay. It's a free update, so it doesn't really matter. Apparently, that update is going to be available for, uh, I guess, everybody, but they, they seem to name check the Xbox One X especially. So we're back on stage with Phil. He says that they're always looking for fresh and familiar games, including the biggest third-party games that are coming to Xbox. And so he moves on to another trailer. It is Dragon Ball. Yes, Dragon Ball characters. Dragon Ball Fighters Z coming in early 2018. It is a 2D fighter, kind of like Street Fighter or Injustice. But whenever they would get into what I can only presume are super attacks, they would enter, you know, a three-dimensional space. And it was incredible when they did that because it looked uh, like the anime. Like it literally looked like anime. The way they positioned the camera and the models, it was fantastic looking. The only problem is in this trailer, like the frame rate was bad. It was like 20 frames per second. Like, it, And that's incredibly jarring already for any video game that's being shown off on the Xbox One X, the most powerful console of all time, 4K. But the fact that this is, you know, a 2D fighter, <laughs> you can't be having your frame rate going below 60. It's just not going to happen. People won't even bother with it. It doesn't matter how much they like uh, Dragon Ball, they're going to recognize that it's a crap fighter. Now, of course, we should all reserve our final judgments for when it comes out in spring of 2018, but... Seriously, look this up. I don't know if it was just a bad rendering of that trailer, if they had some sort of issues in, uh, in Sony Vegas or whatever they exported their video with, but it did not look right. But I will say those three-dimensional super attacks, gorgeous. You really got to see these models to believe it. And then, of course, we're onto a next trailer because that's really this whole thing. It's just trailer, 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 trailer. It's another trailer after another trailer. Uh, we have Pearl Abyss. They're the developers. And we're back in a rocky desert and then we go through past palm trees. You know, it's one of those camera angles high above, swooping past landscapes. We're onto green mountains and snow-covered forests. We see deer eating grass. We see men preparing boats. Rain is flooding the streets. We see men gathered in churches. Others collecting swords and bows and arrows. And there's giants that are standing around a fire. A knight, a mage. Uh, and then, of course, it cuts to a sort of Dynasty Warriors-like combat. Well, they're using swords and super attacks and lightning powers, and it reveals itself to be Black Desert, the MMO. And I'm not really much of an MMO player, but this game looked awesome. Looked absolutely awesome because they showed all the characters working together to take down one gigantic rock monster. It's just a collection of rocks. And just every attack that they were delivering had a certain amount of impact. Everything they were doing just seemed to hurt so good. Now, that might just be the trailer itself, but I was pretty impressed. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to check this out soon, and hopefully, it doesn't have a monthly subscription. Hopefully. Moving on to another trailer, we see that Paris is on fire. 
in pixel art. We see that Hong Kong is vibrant and we're in the future. Now, here's a really weird trailer, right? It's called The Last Night. And imagine Blade Runner if it was made in 3D with pixels. Now, I don't mean voxels like you see in Minecraft. What I mean is it's like a 2D game, but like they're pixelized characters that are being kind of put into 3D. But everything about it was still 2D. Very hard to describe. You absolutely want to check this out, especially if you're a fan of uh, uh, Blade Runner. It sort of looked a little bit like Flashback, that old uh, Sega Genesis game where this guy has a gun and he's going through like a CD bath spa and trying to take out some fat dude. You see at one point, uh, you know, someone that's dying behind a trash can and the protagonist is pointing a gun at him. Very moody, very dark, very gorgeous, very original. You have to check out The Last Night. It's one of those things where it's frustrating because words fail to describe exactly what this looks like. But imagine, you know, pixel art put into three dimensions, but still played in, you know, 2D just with multiple planes. God, I hope that describes it. On to the next trailer. We see that Francis Venetti, Vedetti, he's a teenager and he's putting on his very first show. And he's really happy about it. It's like another 2D game that has a very kind of... Um, smooth, friendly, uh, color, almost remind me a little bit of the, uh, most recent, um, Charlie Brown movie, the peanuts movie, but with like more realistic proportions. You know what I mean? Like very smooth, very colorful. He's running down the street and just the entire sky opens up and suddenly he's holding a magical guitar and he's jumping on flowers that are shooting up fireworks and riding on top of a shell of some sort. And you see two suns in the sky, but then the sky turns into his pair of glasses and the the sun turns into his pupils and it says the artful escape. So apparently this is going to be some sort of game about a dude just like creatively escaping his modern day life. It looks really, really cool. We then saw a trailer for Project Vane from Bandai Namco, which is basically the Dark Souls with vampires. You can look that up. That has been revealed. Uh, They didn't show anything new. Uh, Back to Phil Spencer. He says he's often humbled by the titles he encounters, uh, but he also wants to brag about first party development. And so he goes on to show Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, of course, is being developed by Rare, the same people behind, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, uh, Viva Pinata. We already saw a pretty lengthy trailer last year, so I was like, all right, what exactly are they going to show us here? They delivered. This was one of the best things they showed off at the entire press conference. You play as a pirate in a first-person perspective, and it is a connected online world where you and a band of thieves, probably, you know, as far as I know, I think it's like three other friends. You actually have your own pirate ship, and you sail around trying to collect treasure. Uh, At one point, they jump below the water, they're picking up cannonballs, they're picking up treasure, all the while avoiding sharks, and then getting back onto the ship. Uh, They're actually landing on distant islands by putting themselves inside the cannons and firing themselves at the island. Incredibly cool. They actually find a treasure map that contains some sort of riddle that's like northwest 11 steps. And so he actually has to pull out his compass and count the steps and then take out a shovel and dig up treasure. And then skeletons are popping out and they're attacking them. And so they're taking out blunderbusses and blasting them away. They grab the treasure. People are protecting while one of them is trying to escape with the, uh, the treasure. They fall outside. More skeletons pop up. But before they can attack, a cannonball from the friendly pirate ship blasts away the skeletons. They get back on the boat. And then another boat arrives. And so they're having a boat battle. One of the dude fires himself back into another pirate ship. There's going to be swashbuckling sword fights. They're killing each other. And then eventually he takes out everyone, takes their treasure, jumps off the boat, gets eaten by a shark. Fucking ridiculous. Incredible. 
that's an exclusive to watch. Seriously. Now, it, it might end up being incredibly simplistic, but just, and, and really that might have been everything the game has to offer. You know, that really might have been the whole game. Just ad nauseum. You will buy it and you will just fire yourself from the cannon onto islands to collect treasure, then fight other ships, and that'll be the entire game. But if that's the case, I still want to try it. Like, I really, really, really want to try it. So it looked fantastic. Sea of Thieves. Uh, did they put a release date on there? I don't know that they did. I'm going to have to check my notes right here. Nope, there was no release date for that, which is a bit concerning, honestly. Uh, then they showed a trailer for uh, Tacoma, which, of course, has already been announced. It's being made by Fulbright Studios. It's that space um, walking simulator, for lack of a better term. They then had a trailer for a friendly-looking fox named Lucky that was running around and hanging out with ghosts. And it's a platformer, kind of like ukuleles, hanging out with earthworms, cats, and crocodiles. There's 2D portions and tons of color and personality. It's like a kid-friendly game. Of course, it's called Super Lucky's Tale, and it's arriving on November 7th. So why exactly does this matter? Well, the original Lucky's Tale was one of the premier games with the Oculus Rift. If I'm not mistaken, it was bundled in with the headset itself. Uh, so does this mean that perhaps November 7th, when the Xbox One is coming out, will we be able to connect our Oculus Rifts to our Xbox Ones, uh, or to our Xbox One Xs? I would say that seems kind of likely if they are porting over the premier Oculus game. Seriously, that is, right? It's not just me, right? <laughs> if you want to play Lucky's Tale right now, you know how you do that? You put on a VR headset. That's the only way you can. And it has to be an Oculus headset. So I think there might be more about VR. They just decided not to clutter up their stage with VR. Smart on Microsoft. Anyway, we have a brand new trailer. Yes, another one for Cuphead, which of course was announced back in 2014. It is a 1920s cartoon style platformer with boss fights. They're fighting cars. They're fighting casinos. They're fighting serpents. If you've not seen Cuphead, it is just a loving tribute to the Max Flesher films of Betty Boop. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you could kind of say early Disney but not really like they go for more of like the edgy stuff. They're really twisted and demented stuff. Uh, it's going to be out. Finally, finally, it's coming out on September 29th. Finally, I can't say that enough. I was waiting for so long for that game to come out. And now finally, <laughs> I can't keep saying finally, they cut to Terry Crews. Yes, the actor Terry Crews, who says, motherfucker, they killed the power around the world. We're going to light it up. We're going to light it back up because this is far from over. It's only just begun. And then he begins laughing like a psycho. Apparently, Terry Crews is going to be the voice actor for the chief in Crackdown 3. He screams, welcome to the agency, which, of course, is a quote from the original game. They then cut to gameplay. It is still cel-shaded. It is still heavily focused on multiplayer, a group of four agents. In case you did not play the original Crackdown, imagine Grand Theft Auto, but with superpowers. You are, And also, you're the good guys without getting into too much detail and you are collecting powers along the way uh like you actually have to hunt around they show someone collecting a blue orb which of course enhances their jumping ability or was it a green orb i don't exactly remember so for every orb that you collect you jump slightly higher you slightly increase your speed they show people throwing cars they show people blowing up cars they show people blowing up helicopters uh they show people blowing up mech suits uh the one thing that was kind of concerning though is that they didn't show any environmental destruction they didn't show any buildings collapsing or anything like that which from all of reports was the main reason that crackdown 3 has been in development hell because it was announced back in 2014 uh and it's like well okay i mean it was supposed to be like buildings were going to be collapsing but 
And they even mention in the trailer, like, dropping bombs? Forget that. You're going to drop buildings. But they didn't show any buildings dropping unless I somehow missed it. But I don't think I did. So it looks like more crackdown. I'm intrigued, but I'm, I'm a little perplexed as to, you know, what happened. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll find out on November 7th. It is launching alongside uh, the Xbox uh, X. I still have to get used to that. And that means my prediction was right. Uh, I predicted that the Xbox One X was going to be $400. I was wrong about that. It's actually $500. But I said that Crackdown 3 would launch exactly alongside the Xbox One Scorpio. And it did. I'm going to give myself a point there. Uh, we then get a montage video for ID at Xbox, which of course is where they, uh, where Microsoft works with independent developers to bring their games to Xbox. And there were just tons and tons and tons and tons of games. We're talking about uh, Osiris, uh, Raiders, uh, Path of Exile, Battle Right, Surviving Mars, Fable Fortunes. Yes, that Fable. They have a card game coming out. Observer, Robocraft Infinity, Dunk Lords, which looks like NBA Jam. Looks awesome. Uh, Minion Masters Forced to Duel, Brawlout. Uh, which looks like Smash Brothers, Brawl Out, keep your eyes on that one, uh, Oblets, Dark and Light, Strange Brigade, River Bond, Hello Neighbor, Shift, Conan, Exiles, and so many more. Just a ton of ID at Xbox games. And he even says, like, you know, this is what we can do with, you know, independent developers. We can help shepherd their projects. And then he decides that, well, he didn't decide it on the spot, but he said, we're going to take a look at another ID at Xbox game. And it was a dungeon crawler that featured mannequin-like creatures. I mean, I guess they're humans, but they looked a little bit like mannequins. They kind of look like the, the people from uh, Inside. I don't know if you played last year's Inside, but just everything had a real solidity to it. Everything looked really solid, almost plasticky in a way. And they're fighting back like these evil spiders and slowly crawling through this dungeon. There's smoke monsters. Everything about it, um, none of it looked like gameplay, I guess I could say. It all looked like pre-rendered cutscenes, but a very inspired art style and, and a cool premise of, of, about dungeon hunting, but there's not really much else to say. It's called Ashen. Look up that trailer. It's a good one. We then get a trailer, and I'm not going to say anything about it because I know people are trying to avoid spoilers, for Life is Strange 2, with episode one coming in August, and it will have a, you know the Xbox One X uh, upgrade. It will be in 4K, apparently. Uh, Michael D. Platter from Monolith is here to show off Shadow of War, which of course is the sequel to Shadow of Mordor from 2014. A lot of 2014 uh, games and sequels. Uh, you see a montage of orcs uh, announcing why they're getting revenge on the... Uh, God, what was his name? I don't know. The protagonist, whatever his name was. I, I don't really keep up with Lord of the Rings. But long story short, um, the nemesis system is back and in case you don't know the nemesis system from shadow of mordor was this uh was this whole scenario where if you were defeated by an enemy or they escaped you because it would be like an open world thing where you're fighting all these orcs they would come back they would be stronger and they would have like this story that would build up with you uh, and it was really fascinating um although in the long run it felt kind of narrow it just kind of felt like oh i see you again i'm gonna fight you this time they were being more specific. They were saying things like, oh, you nearly chopped me in half at this location and now I'm back to get you. Or at one point they actually showed one of the orcs was hunting down the protagonist, which is really fascinating. So they're not just going to be these uh, static objects that you have to go and approach. You will be hunted by these orcs. They're trying to get revenge on you. A really inspired concept. Super cool. Um, I don't know. I I wasn't the biggest fan of the original uh, Shadow of Order, but it, this had some, this had more life to it. Uh, and the gameplay example that they showed was actually, you know, taking over the mind of this gigantic orc. And as soon as you took him over, 
he became friendly. Like in the previous game, they felt kind of mindless when you take over their brains because that's a, a superpower in the game. You take over the brains of orcs and they join your army and they would just be kind of nameless and faceless. But in this case, he took over this dude's brain and immediately he was cracking jokes. He's like, eh, you're the light lord. All right, better than the dark lord. Fine by me. I'll work for whoever. I like you a lot. Why don't we go take out this monster? He's got two heads. Like, you know, it was, it was a lot more jokey. It was a lot more enjoyable to listen to. Oh, his name's the Wraith King. I wrote down my notes. <laughs> That's the name of the protagonist. And in this game, you're going to be taking down these gigantic uh, fortresses. You're going to have an assault on every fortress. And the way you're going to do that is by going around and collecting these orcs and then commanding them towards this battle. And we didn't exactly get a glimpse of what that assault is going to look like, but just the buildup itself seems very interesting. You finally have more of a reason uh, beyond leveling up to collect these orcs and add them to your team. And that was fantastic. Uh, And we also saw some new uh, powers that he's going to have. Uh, including advanced dodging. He was actually sliding between the feet of some of the monsters and also freezing them with ice powers. Really, really cool stuff. Really inspired. Uh, Like I said, not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Wasn't a fan of the original game. I'm really intrigued by this because they have more environments. We saw swamps. We saw what looked to be cities with smokestacks. How that fits in with with, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's work, I don't know, but that's fine by me. It's going to be out on October 10th, but we already knew that. Uh, We then saw the trailer for Ori... And the Blind Forest 2, which is now known as Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Wisps. You can't really say that into a microphone. <laughs> uh, basically, if it's more Ori. More sad anime characters inside of a forest. <laughs> That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> Here's where we get to the craziest thing of the entire conference. I'm not saying this is the biggest thing. I'm saying this is the craziest thing. Phil Spencer announced that original Xbox games are coming to Xbox One. That's right. Backwards compatibility for the original Xbox, the 2001 console. And he says that they are going to play better on the Xbox One. I would hope so. It's been 16 years. But uh, this makes me optimistic because I still have my original Xbox games. I really, 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 really hope this means that perhaps, just maybe, just maybe, we might get Shenmue 2 for backwards compatibility. Ooh, please. Come on. Don't tease me like that, Microsoft. Uh, The crowd went nuts for this, by the way. And he actually name-dropped Crimson Skies specifically, saying it's going to be back later this year. So you can expect that soon. He also mentioned that Gears of War 4, Horizon 3, uh, Final Fantasy 15, Resident Evil 7, Ghost Recon Wildlands, and Rocket League are all going to be part of the Xbox One X Enhanced um, program. They're actually going to be spending time and resources to enhance their games. Uh, Seeing Final Fantasy 15 being mentioned got me kind of nervous because if you saw what they did with the PlayStation 4 Pro, didn't exactly work out for them. (laughs) Just being honest. I mean, at one point it's like, oh, we'll give you 25 frames per second, but look how much better the resolution is. And then, Jesus, I don't know. Go look that up if you haven't. Uh, He also says that they're going to close out the show by looking towards the future, and he invites what he calls a long-term partner, someone that's been with them since the very beginning, and it is Patrick Solderlin from EA Worldwide Studios, here to deliver on the news that he originally revealed at the EA Play event yesterday. They're there to talk about BioWare's Anthem. And he says, new IP is the lifeblood of the industry, but it's also risky. So he invites John Warner from Bioware to take to the stage and show the game running on real time on the X. I guess that's what we're going to have to call it. The X. We can't call it the one anymore. Fine. The X. (laughs) Anyway. So what exactly is uh, Bioware's brand new game? Well, it is a third person multiplayer RPG shooter. Like what they showed were, were these people that are called, um, 
I don't actually remember what the hell they were called. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but you are just going around a gigantic natural world. The, the, for instance, this was a jungle. Uh, flying around with your buddies, collecting loot, getting new weapons, flying around. And I do mean flying around. Like you have a jetpack or plunging underwater. Every new environment levels you up. And just this is one of those games that is just gorgeous. Like the most gorgeous game perhaps ever made. And I know it sounds like a bold proclamation, but once you see it, you'll know what I mean. It has a merger between like old world things. Like they, it opened up inside of a market bazaar or is it a bazaar market? I'm, I'm not really sure. And then it kind of blossomed into this futuristic uh, world where they had these things that look like they were from Star Wars, like the AT, ATs, like those big tall uh, behemoths that walk around. Uh, and then the robot suits flying through the jungle, flying past fish and wild boars and seeing monsters fighting monsters. I guess, you know, natural animals fighting natural animals and just, there were so many flowers and vines and grass and rocks and everything looked handmade. I don't know how they did this, but it was gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. There was a point where when the AT-ATs um, blew up, it was on fire and it knocked over two palm trees and just it kicked up this all these particle effects, all this dust. It was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. One of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen in any video game ever. And besides that, the shooting looked pretty good. <laughs> you have to check out Anthem. Uh, apparently, you're going to be fighting a lot of robots, too, which is kind of cool. It doesn't look like you're going to be fighting humans, per se. If, if I had to describe it uh, in a way that would just demean it, you know, I've, it would be, you know, a more naturalistic third-person destiny. If you had to call it something, I guess that's the way you could do it. And that essentially was the end of the show. That was the end of the Xbox One X event. And uh, it was really special. It was really, really, really special. I think they delivered on everything they needed to. Uh, I think, because everyone kept saying like, oh, they, they have to have the best show ever. They have to have the best show ever. And I think if you were to sit down and break it down piece by piece, is this the best Xbox show ever? Like the just about Xbox. You can't include the third party games. I think it would be up in the air. I think it would be debatable where it's like, well, it's not as good as, you know, last year where they showed X, Y, and Z or two years ago where that was a little bit better. But as a pacing of a show, it was fantastic. Every two seconds, it was a new trailer. It was a world premiere. It was a console exclusive. It was a, a brand new tidbit about a brand new console. It was backwards compatibility. They didn't slow down at all except to show off a stupid fucking car i'm calling you out on that microsoft that was stupid that was a big mistake i don't know why you did that but i was blown away by everything i saw uh at the end of the day if i like are we gonna do like a rating system here i would give it a a minus presentation wise content wise i would give it you know like a a b plus because obviously anthem is going to be on the playstation 4 pro obviously a lot of these games are going to be on pc but man you know, just the presentation itself was excellent. Absolutely excellent. As for the Xbox One X, $500, November, I think they're going to do great. I think they're going to do great things. I think that's really going to fly off the shelves. I think there are people that are already ready to pre-order that thing right now. Who knows when pre-orders go live? Maybe it's going live right now while I'm recording this, and that would break my heart because that means I won't get my hands on one. God damn it. God damn you, Xbox. But that's going to have to do it. Uh, that's it. That's the entire Microsoft press conference. You can let me know what you thought by calling 954-947-7377. You can tweet at video games are dumb. Oh, no, you can tweet at pressurecast at gmail.com. Or you, you can um, email pressurecast at gmail.com. I don't know. I'm very, 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 very tired. I was typing for 105 minutes straight. Let me know what you thought. And we'll be back with the Bethesda event. Thank you guys for listening. 